Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 27th of June. India yet again has recorded its highest single-day rise with 18,552 new cases. The country's COVID-19 tally crossed the 5 lakh mark today. The ICMR has said that as of yesterday, over 79 lakh samples had been tested. 384 fresh fatalities were reported today, taking the country's death toll to more than 15,000. Union Health Minister Harshvardhan said today that India's recovery rate has gone beyond 58% and around 3 lakh people have recovered from the coronavirus. He said and I quote, "Our mortality rate is near 3%, which is very less. Our doubling rate has come down to nearly 19 days, which was 3 days before the lockdown." Unquote. The Union Health Ministry has revised the clinical management protocol for COVID-19. Glucocorticosteroid dexamethasone will now be allowed as an alternative to methylprednisolone for moderate and severe COVID-19 patients who are in need of oxygen support and experience an excessive inflammatory response. Meanwhile, Dr. Soumya Swaminathan, the chief scientist of World Health Organization on Friday, said that funding to the tune of an estimated 18.1 billion dollars will be required to deliver 2 billion doses of the vaccine by the end of 2021. While addressing a virtual media conference, Dr. Swaminathan said that 12 to 18 months will be required for a COVID-19 vaccine to develop. She said that University of Oxford's AstraZeneca had the largest global commitment and was the leading candidate in terms of timing. She said, and I quote, "They have advanced to phase two trials and are planning phase three in many countries. Moderna has also plans to go to phase three of clinical trials by mid-July, but AstraZeneca has more global scope where they are planning clinical trials." Unquote. While the Indian Railways yesterday cancelled all regular trains until August 12th, the Directorate General of Civil Aviation has extended the international flight suspension to July 15th. The DGCA said that international scheduled flights may be allowed on selected routes on case-to-case basis. Also, the Ministry of Civil Aviation has allowed airlines to operate up to 45% of their pre-lockdown scheduled capacity on domestic routes compared with 30 to 35% earlier. Not even 10 days have passed since 16 private diagnostic centers and hospitals in Telangana were permitted to conduct RT-PCR based testing of samples for coronavirus. But now the Telangana Health Department is already planning to take stringent action against many of these private labs over several violations ranging from poor quality control, poor hygiene, incorrect testing methods and failure to share full data with authorities. The state has seen a sudden rise in the number of COVID-19 cases since June 16th, taking the tally to 12,349 on June 26th. In what appears to be a glimmer of hope in India's worst-hit city Mumbai, which was recently replaced by Delhi, the doubling rate has increased from 30 to 41 days. A report by the city's civic authority said that the prevention plan has been effective due to aggressive testing and isolation strategy. The report said and I quote, interestingly, on June 24th, 2020, this doubling period has reached 41 days while on June 16th it was 30 days. Unquote. The report also said that the average percentage of daily growth in the number of patients declined from 2.30% on June 17th to 1.72% on June 24th. Maharashtra, however, still remains the worst-hit state in the country in terms of caseload with over 1.5 lakh cases. 
Coming to Delhi, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal has said that the capital has conducted more than 21,000 tests, the highest number in a single day on Friday. He thanked the centre for providing Delhi with the testing kits. The Chief Minister tweeted and I quote, We have increased testing four times. Delhi will now be following the strategy of very aggressive testing and isolation, unquote. Kejriwal said that the Delhi government has provided oximeters to coronavirus patients in home isolation and procured 4,000 oxygen concentrators. He also said today that out of 13,500 beds in hospitals, 7,500 are vacant. The capital has recorded close to 74,000 cases so far. Meanwhile, the centre said today that the Indian Council of Medical Research, or ICMR, has supplied diagnostic materials for carrying out 4.7 lakh RT-PCR tests to 12 functional labs in Delhi. The government has also provided 1.57 lakh RNA extraction kits essential for carrying out the test and 2.84 lakh VTMs, or viral transport mediums, and swabs for the collection of COVID-19 samples. It said that ICMR has approved antigen-based rapid tests and supplied 50,000 such antigen rapid test kits to Delhi government for supporting COVID-19 containment efforts free of cost. Doctors of the Hindu Rao Hospital in North Delhi held a protest today when the hospital was said to be converted into a COVID-19 facility. Their demands include proper ACs, proper donning and doffing area, timely salary and quality PPEs. Just yesterday, paramedical staff had also held a similar protest. Amid a spike in coronavirus infections in Delhi, reports have emerged of a number of COVID patients dying for the want of medical attention. In several cases, even if a patient was lucky enough to find a bed, it wasn't before several hours of waiting. Worse still, accounts have emerged of desperate COVID patients from the capital rushing to neighbouring states like Madhya Pradesh and Punjab to get treated in hospitals. Such stories illustrate the scale and severity of the unfolding COVID-19 crisis in Delhi. Since the lockdown was relaxed on May 18th, Delhi has seen a jump in infections and deaths. To find out more, read News Laundry reporter Ayan Sharma's in-depth ground report titled Delhi is staring at a COVID catastrophe. What went wrong and what's being done to avert it? The report is a part of News Laundry Sena project that is an initiative to allow readers to directly fund stories that they want to hear. So a big thank you to all four people who contributed to make this story see the light of day. Dear readers, the coronavirus pandemic has shown how precarious the media model that runs on ads from governments or corporations is, and how essential it is for media to be powered by paying readers and viewers in order to be free and independent. So do your bit and support independent media. Go to newslaundry.com, subscribe and pay to keep news free. Meanwhile, Jharkhand has become the second state after West Bengal to extend the lockdown till July 31st. Chief Minister Hemant Sorain tweeted, and I quote, Considering the seriousness of the situation, the state government has decided to extend the lockdown till 31st of July, unquote. West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee, on the other hand, has decided to relax the night curfew from 10pm to 5am. She also said that the government wants the metro rail services in Kolkata to resume from July 1st. The Assam government has also announced a two-week lockdown in Guwahati from Sunday midnight and night curfew across the state amid rising number of cases. The state has recorded close to 7,000 cases so far. Karnataka Chief Minister B.S. Yadurappa, however, has said that there will be no fresh lockdown in Bengaluru to control the spread of the virus. Bengaluru City Police Commissioner Bhaskar Rao on Saturday warned all shops, malls, banks, hotels, offices and other establishments in the city of strict action if found to be violating unlock guidelines. 
He said, and I quote, All of you are already aware of the precautions to be taken. If you do not implement mask wearing and ensure safe distance, city police will raid and initiate legal action. This has already started. Unquote. The Karnataka government has allowed its health workers who are positive but asymptomatic to be in home quarantine following guidelines of the isolation protocol. Kerala, meanwhile, is examining potential community transmission of the coronavirus in the state. Tripura Law Minister Ratan Lal Nath claimed yesterday that the state ranks second across India in terms of COVID-19 recovery so far. Nath said that 81.47% of COVID-19 patients in Tripura have recovered. This is the second highest recovery rate in the country after Meghalaya, which has an 89% rate. Tripura has tested more than 60,000 people for coronavirus till date, out of which 1,295 have turned out positive. Now for some international updates on COVID-19. The number of infections has hit 9.7 million across the world with over 493,000 deaths. More than 45,000 new cases in the United States were reported on Friday, the third consecutive day with a record total. At least six U.S. states, Florida, Idaho, Kansas, Oregon, South Carolina and Utah reported their highest one-day case totals. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the country's top infectious disease expert, has also warned that the outbreaks in the South and West could engulf the country. Dr. Fauci said that officials were having intense discussions about a possible shift to pool testing in which samples from many people are tested at once in an effort to quickly find and isolate the infected. After Dr. Fauci's warning in what can be called a serious admonition, the European Union has said that it is ready to bar most of US travellers because it considers them too risky. Dr. Fauci also urged for social distancing and said that wearing masks is a societal responsibility. At the White House, meanwhile, in the Coronavirus Task Force's first public briefing in almost two months, Vice President Mike Pence sought to take a victory lap for the Trump administration's pandemic response. He said, and I quote, We slowed the spread. We flattened the curve. We saved lives. Unquote. Ironically, Pence, during the entire course of the briefing, did not bother to wear a mask. With the shocking spike in infections for the first time, thankfully, some US governors are changing their reopening strategies and have issued new restrictions for parts of the economy that had resumed. In a disturbing parallel to HIV, recent studies conducted by the University of Pennsylvania have found that the coronavirus can cause a depletion of important immune cells. The findings suggest that a popular treatment to tamp down the immune system in severely ill patients may help a few but could harm many others. The research offers clues about why very few children get sick when they are infected and hints that a cocktail of drugs may be needed to bring down the coronavirus under control as it is in the case of HIV. Dr. John Very, an immunologist at the university whose lab is taking a detailed look at the immune system of COVID-19 patients, said that growing research points to the very complex immunological signatures of the virus. Dr. Very and his colleagues had published an online paper last month that showed a range of immune system defects in severely ill patients, including a loss of virus-fighting T-cells in parts of the body. In a separate study, the investigators identified three patterns of immune defects and concluded that T-cells and B-cells, which help orchestrate the immune response, were inactive in roughly 30% of the 71 COVID-19 patients they examined. None of the papers have been yet published or peer-reviewed. Dr. Very noted that researchers in China have reported a similar depletion of T-cells in critically ill patients. 
Fears of a second wave of infections in China reduced after the government controlled an outbreak of nearly 300 cases in Beijing with a partial lockdown and tested millions of people. But while the number of new reported cases has mostly fallen in the last few weeks, Beijing's recent spike has confirmed fears of sporadic flare-ups even after countries tamed their outbreaks. Beijing's new infections were reported two weeks ago after officials discovered a cluster in people who had worked or shopped at a wholesale market which supplies most of the city's fruits and vegetables. The Hong Kong police today announced a ban on the annual pro-democracy march. The march takes place every year on the anniversary of the Chinese territory's handover from the British rule. Officials said that the decision was taken amid concerns about the virus and potential street violence. Mainland China's top legislative committee, meanwhile, might pass a sweeping security law for Hong Kong on Tuesday, a day before the march was set to take place. In Italy, the health authorities are monitoring a surge in Mondragon, a town of nearly 30,000 that is experiencing unrest. More than 40 people, mostly Bulgarian farm workers, in a cluster of low-income apartment buildings tested positive this week. The violent clash with Italian residents has forced the interior minister to send an army contingent. Peru, which has the sixth largest number of COVID-19 cases in the world, crossed 270,000 infections yesterday. The South American country recorded over 3,000 new infections in the last 24 hours. Close to 9,000 people have died in the country due to COVID-19. Now for some non-coronavirus news. The Indian Express reported today that the owner of Al-Hind Hospital, which had extended emergency treatment to victims of the Delhi riots, has been named by the Delhi police as the organiser of a protest whose participants indulged in violence. Dr. M.A. Anwar's name was mentioned in the charge sheet filed by Delhi police in the murder of a 20-year-old waiter, Dilbar Negi, who worked at Anil Suites, which is less than a kilometre away from the hospital. The charge sheet, filed on June 4th before the Chief Metropolitan Magistrate Pawan Singh Rajawat at Kakarduma Court, states, and I quote, Since 15th January 2020, near the place of the incident at Farukia Masjid, an anti-CANRC protest was underway illegally in which several speakers on several dates had given instigating speeches. A false news was spread there that Muslims would not be given Indian citizenship due to the NRC and that they would be sent to detention camps, unquote. Anwar has claimed that he is being targeted for having helped the riot victims. He said, and I quote again, I am aware that my name has been mentioned in the charge sheet. Neither did I organize nor did I participate in the protest because I was always busy. In fact, a few times I told the local police that commuting in the area is a problem due to the protest and it should be cleared out. My name has been dragged in this simply because I treated people in the hospital during the riots. I'm being dragged in this case because I showed basic humanity. I am being targeted. These are false allegations. Unquote. The following report contains graphic details of violence. Please consider this a trigger warning. Dravida Munetra Kazagam MP Kani Mori on Friday wrote to the National Human Rights Commission seeking immediate action against police personnel and others responsible for the alleged custodial death of a father and son, Jairaj and Phoenix, in Thutukuri district of Tamil Nadu. There has been widespread criticism of the brutal incident. Jairaj and Phoenix were arrested on June 19th after they kept their mobile accessory shop open beyond permitted hours during the lockdown. They were lodged in the Kovalpati sub-jail on June 21st. The family has alleged that the two were tortured by the police officials. Four policemen, including two sub-inspectors, have been suspended. Phoenix's lawyer, who was there at the station when the police officials hit the father-son duo, had a horrifying tale to share. 
advocate S. Mani Raman, an eyewitness to the brutality, said, and I quote, We were standing outside and we were seeing the whole incident from outside through a glass gate. Phoenix and his father were beaten. In the morning, there was blood all over the place where they were sitting. Unquote. He added that Phoenix was beaten so brutally that his flesh was ripped off. Other eyewitnesses have also claimed that Jairaj and Phoenix were bleeding through their rectum and were allegedly sodomized while in prison. Jairaj and his son were later produced before the magistrate and the duo was sent to Kovalpatti sub-jail. That evening, both the father and son were taken to the Kovalpatti government hospital. Phoenix died on Monday evening and the following morning, Jairaj succumbed to his illness. Their deaths have sparked off protests all over Tamil Nadu along with other parts of the country. DMK President MK Stalin said that the party will support every legal endeavour to get justice in the case. He said, and I quote, they should be given the harshest of punishments, unquote. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. The buzz this week has been all about Swami Ramdev's miracle corona cure. While most of mainstream TV news channels fell for the dubious claims, hook, line and sinker, News Laundry was the first one to question it. In fact, our reporter Basant Kumar wrote a detailed report on the completely misleading claims made by Patanjali. You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. And while you're at it, do not miss the latest episode of TV Nuisance where Manisha talks about how TV news anchors turned into cheerleaders for Ramdev and his wonder medicine coronal. From Ajtak to Republic TV to News 18 to ABP to Times Now. Everyone turned into a brand partner for Babaji's booty and helped in marketing the so-called cure for Corona. This episode is an absolute must-watch for those who do not know why we at News Laundry keep on harping about the importance of media being independent. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh,